Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, today I want to begin a new series. It's something that we do every year, and, and I'm so excited and so expectant. God's given me such unique direction for this, this year. I can't wait to teach you uh, uh, some truths that I believe are right on time for what, what we need. Our, our series is called Kingdom Builders, You Matter. You Matter. I want you to turn to a couple of people and tell them that. Tell somebody, you matter. Okay, you can, you, even, come on, do it again. You matter. We need to know that today. You need to know your life matters. We live in a depersonalization culture. Depersonalization culture. There's such little individual identity. Everybody finds their identity today by being a part of something else. We almost find our identity, it's a false identity, in living vicariously through reality television. Do you know the most unreal thing in the world is reality television? Do you know that's so scripted? And so people watch for hours someone else's life and live through their life. Or we follow someone online. Some of you know more about the Kardashians than about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you wonder why you don't have any faith. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Am I right? So in other words, we, 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 we are in a culture that has to identify with a group and that's okay to an extent, but who are you? You need to know you matter. You need to know who you are in the eyes of God. You need to know if you don't even have Facebook, you're okay. You need to know if you still think TikTok is something the clock does. You need to know you're okay if you're not on TikTok. You need to know if you, you, you're okay if, if, if you don't have a, you know 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's okay. It's okay. Do you know it's okay if somebody you know, bumped you off their social media platform? Yeah, every once in a while, sometimes it was probably to your benefit that they dismissed you from their presence. You matter. Say it again. Tell somebody again. You matter. We're going to work on that. I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to learn. I'm expectant about what we're going to learn. So let's, let's look at this. Let's leave no one out. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. When I say kingdom builders, what am I talking about? What, where do we get this phrase kingdom builders? So let's look in Matthew chapter 6 and verse, verses 9 and 10. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. What's this terminology kingdom builders? All right. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. Uh, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. That's red letters in my Bible. That means Jesus was speaking here and it was recorded. He says this then is how you should pray. All right. How do we, how do we pray? Our Father... In heaven, hallowed be your name. So all prayer originates recognizing God's your source. Everybody with me? That this, he didn't see, let me help you with this. You'll notice he didn't say this is what you should pray. This is how you should pray. Again, he didn't give you something just to memorize and repeat mindlessly. He gave you a principle to follow. Everybody with me? This is how you pray. One, the, the first principle of prayer is that you're recognizing God's your source. And then what's the very first thing he asks us to pray? How do we do? Once we recognize God's our source, how many are thankful he's your source? How many understand how you access him? How do you access God as your source? Through his son, Jesus Christ. Through his son, Jesus Christ. 
And so because we know Christ as our Savior, we have access to God the Father. That's how all prayer begins. And then the first request, this is how we pray. He says, pray this. Your kingdom come. Kingdom builders. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. When? Now. Here and now. I want you to get that. Here and now. We are to pray. We have access to this. It's the will of God. It's what Jesus told us to pray. The expectation is if we ask, he'll answer. And the prayer we should pray is, Father, let your kingdom, his kingdom, his rule, his authority, who he is, what he does. Don't keep it in heaven. We need it here on earth. Amen? We don't need a theory of God. We need God. Are you with me? We don't just need to know about God. We need to know God. We need who he is to be revealed on this earth. We need his kingdom, his authority, his reign, his wisdom, his knowledge, his power here with us right now. How many are thankful that's a reality and a possibility? I'm really thankful for that. That means I don't have to wait to go to heaven for God to begin to do something in my life. Right? That if, if people in heaven are healed and well, are they healed and well in heaven? We have expectation of that on the earth then. Let your will in heaven become reality on this earth. Do you know what it says in heaven? There are no tears or crying. Now we're going to have some tears on this earth because we're not in heaven yet. But when you're crying, heaven can come to you and comfort you and help you and give you something that earth can't provide for you. When you're mourning, when you're weeping, when you're rejoicing, when you're walking through life, heaven's with you as you walk through this life. So when we use this term, kingdom builders, what does that mean? It means that we are intentionally, proactively cooperating with God's will on earth. We're not building our kingdom. We're not building Calvary's kingdom. We're building the kingdom of God. What a privilege. We're saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means God wants to bring his heart to earth. Boy, do we need that. God wants to bring his love to this earth, his grace, his power. He wants to bring that to you, to me, to us, to everyone on this planet. Do we understand that? To everyone on this planet. I would say that's good news. Would you agree with me? That's good news. That God wants to come to everybody on this planet. Now, I'm I'm taking you through some steps. Stay with me. But it doesn't stop there. It is incredible news that God wants his kingdom to come in your life. That Christianity is not a theory, it's not religion, it's personal relationship with Jesus, and God is so real right here, right now. That's good news, but it doesn't stop there, okay? I want you to get this next step, okay? God has chosen you and me. He's included us in this plan to bring his good news to this earth. So not only are you and I, do we have access to that. We've been radically changed by his love. We have the privilege of sharing that love in this world that we're living. Everybody with me? So let me stop here. You really matter to God. Listen to this. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for the world, but he didn't die for a group of people. He died for every individual in that world. Are you following with me? When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just carry the sins of the world. He carried my sins. That were a part of the sins of the world. Are you with me? He carried your sins that were part 
of the sin of the world. It was never just a cloud. It was you individually. The good news is you matter to God so much. This statement is powerful but true. Don't gloss over it. If you would have been the only one to accept the cross and the work of God on the cross, he would have done it for you. If you would have been the only person that would accept Jesus as your Savior, he would have done that for you. God sent his son with your face in mind, with your heart in mind, with who you are in mind. He died for you personally and individually. He did that for everyone on this planet. And it's an amazing gift that he's given us. So I want to stop here and make sure you understand you matter to God. But I want to go to the next step. I want you to get this. Not only do you matter to God, but what you do matters to this world we're living in. Do you understand that? What we do has an incredible impact on this world we're living in. So, so how does this kingdom come in our life, your life and my life? We need to understand this today. Do you know the culture that we're living in? The term God has just become nebulous. So many people talk about God, their God, a God, some God, that it's unfortunate many people don't know who God really is. They don't know how to access him. They don't know how to get to them. People make gods out of everything. People make little gods out of their friends, out of their, you know, we worship idols in America today. You say, well, I haven't seen any. Well, they're everywhere. There are a lot of things we put before God. There are a lot of things our culture has adopted to fit their own narrative instead of honoring God for who he is. So what was the first step? How did this incredible God who created the universe, who's so powerful, he knows everything and yet he knows you individually, how did this kingdom come? What was the beginning of that? The first step was when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. It's all foundation. <clears throat> it's all based on this. He sent him here. Think of this. <clears throat> Jesus came. Jesus put on our flesh, walked in our shoes. So you know the things that you've shed tears over he knows exactly why you're crying. You know the rejection that you faced? The disappointment that you faced? The Bible says when Jesus came and walked in our shoes and put on our flesh, he was tempted in every way, just like you and I. The good news is he didn't give in. Thank God for that. But he felt the temptation. He felt the pain. He felt the human nature tell him, don't forgive those people spitting on you on the cross. But he forgave them anyway. He felt the same passion burn in you, burn in him when sin tried to tempt him, but he didn't give in to it. He felt the shame of being stripped naked on the cross and made a spectacle of the same way you felt when someone sexually abused you as a child. He knows where you've been. He felt the disappointment when his own family said he's out of his mind. We've got to bring him home. He's got to stop teaching this teaching that he's doing. He felt the rejection of his own family to walk away and leave him. His earthly father, Joseph, died. He knows what it feels like to mourn a loved one. He knows what it's like to walk in every moment of your life. He knows what it's like when, you, when, when these things come to us that we didn't want to come. He walked in our shoes. He felt our pain. He saw through our eyes. He knows what you're dealing with today. He's not a million miles away somewhere over the rainbow. He's walking right in the nitty-gritty with you in your life. And when he went to the cross, he died in our place. He carried our cross. He, he went to that place. It's how this kingdom comes. And you have to understand that. We have to realize that. We're not saved because we came in a room today. We're saved because God came to us today. 
We're not saved because we earned it or deserved it. We're saved because he came even when we didn't deserve it. We're not going to heaven someday because everybody goes to heaven. It's not going to happen that way. We're going to go to heaven for one reason. If we accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. You may have seen the movie, all dogs go to heaven, but all people don't go to heaven. We don't go unless we accept Jesus Christ. And he loved us enough to come knowing some would reject him and hate him. But he came. That's how the kingdom comes. So you see, it's strange. God who has all the power in the universe. God who has in the snap of his finger more power than all the nuclear weapons that have ever been developed. God who has the ability to smash the universe into ashes. God who has the power to do anything and everything. God who has the power to make you do anything like a puppet. But he chose not to do that. Chose to love us, be kind to us, and give you a free will. And when we stop blaming everybody else and shaking our fist at God and becoming a victim and we realize no matter what anybody did to me, you can steal everything from me but the will God gave me. And you can rip me off and put me down and throw me away and and malign me and accuse me and abuse me. But you can never take away from me my ability to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And God so honors that free will that even though others abuse it, God gives you the chance to accept him as your savior. And nobody can make that decision for us. But once we do, we become part of this plan. We begin to walk in the grace of God. We begin to walk in the goodness of God. He jumps into the middle of our mess right where we are. There's nothing you've done that frightens God away from you. There's nowhere you've been that carries you too far For him not to track you down and say, I still love you and I'll forgive you. What a gift. What a gift, my friend. What a gift. This God who loves us. That's what it means for the kingdom to come. It's not just a Sunday in the building thing. It's not just for a few handful of people you think are holy. It's for everybody, everywhere, any place, any time. That finally says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of blaming everybody for the mess I'm in, and I'm ready to walk out of it. And when you're ready to walk out of it, he's going to be right there for you. I'm so thankful. This means we're forgiven. Hallelujah. How many are thankful for forgiveness? Anybody ever needed to be forgiven in the house? Man, I need to be forgiven. Anybody ever thankful that he just wiped the slate clean? Come on. Do you know there's a book in heaven recording your stuff? (laughs) Did you know that? Did you know there's a book recording all your stuff? And do you know that someday when we stand before him, if Jesus Christ has become our Lord and Savior, come on, it's some really good news. Guess what? Your stuff's not showing on the book anymore. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Forgiveness, forgiveness. Oh, it's free, but it wasn't cheap. It cost Jesus. It cost Jesus. Forgiveness, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Let's look at some verses here. Look at Romans 3, 23 and 24. Turn to the book of Romans with me. I want to read some verses. I want you to get this. I don't want us to miss it. I don't want to step over what it means for the kingdom to come, what it costs for the kingdom to come, for the gift of Jesus coming in our life. Romans 3, 23. Look at these two verses. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Did you read that verse? For all have sinned. Fall short of the glory of God. You know, every once in a while, I hear a very, <laughs> you ever heard this statement or this question from a very self-centered, egotistical, misaligned person? 
I've heard somebody say, well, what do I need to be saved from? I didn't know I need to be saved. What do you mean I need to get saved? What do you mean are you saved? I didn't know I need to get saved. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. For we've all sinned. Everybody understand that? We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But look at verse 24. Come on. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. If I don't acknowledge I've sinned, then I don't know who the Savior is. If I don't recognize I need to be saved from something, then I don't recognize the one who came to save me from it. All right. Let's go to chapter 6 and verse 23 in Romans. Thank God for the truth. Come on. Somebody thankful for the truth today. Here's the understanding. <clears throat> we, 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 the contrast between these two options is stunning. Look at Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you know, so I heard somebody say one day, I, I knew what they meant. They said, well, sin doesn't pay. I said, hold on. Yes, it does. Sin pays, but you don't want to be there on payday. <laughs> Your sin's earning you some wedges, wages. Sin earns wages. Sin pays. You don't want to be there on payday. <laughs> you need something to cancel payday in your life. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. We don't want to talk about sin anymore because we don't. See, we, 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 we have a little God made in our own image. We've created a God in our culture that lets me do what I want to do, be who I want to be with no consequences. But the lie of that self-focused deception is that if we don't understand we missed it, then we don't recognize the one who rescues us from that. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, what a contrast. The wages of sin of death is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then one more verse in, in Romans. Go to chapter 10 and verse 9. Chapter 10 and verse 9. How many are thankful for truth, for understanding? The kingdom has come. God's come through Jesus. Romans 10, 9. What an amazing verse. What is in this verse? Look at this. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Wow. Wow. I'm, I, I've got to read that again. That was Romans 10, 9. Yes, let, let's, let's look at it again. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You, this one verse says so much to us. You know what it says? This verse reveals to us. <laughs> says to us that God has both the desire and the ability to take on himself the sins of every human being who's ever lived on this planet. Think of that statement. The desire and the ability to take our sin upon him. I need somebody to do that because the wages of sin is death. And George Sawyer was heading to a payday he didn't want to meet. You understand me? I was heading to a payday that I was denying just because I say it's not there doesn't mean it's not coming. But I met a loving, mighty, powerful God who took my sins on him when he sent his son, who had the desire and the ability to take on himself the sins of the world because we've all sinned. We all need that Savior. I asked a question a moment ago. Every once in a while, somebody misinformed said, well, what do I need to be saved from? I can answer that question. You need to be saved from the wages of your life that's about to be payday on you someday. 
You need to be saved from your guilt and your shame and the things you hide. If you don't need to be saved from anything, why are you hiding your stuff? If you don't need to be saved from anything, how do you have one phone your wife knows about and one phone she doesn't know about? If you don't need to be saved from anything, why do you have one set of books you keep and one set of books the IRS doesn't see? If I don't need to be saved from anything, then what do I do with the guilt and the shame and the hidden things in my life? You know you need to be saved from some things. See, if I don't need to be saved from anything, who's going to rescue me from all the things people did to me that have hurt me and maligned me and crippled me and caused me to walk with a limp in my life? If I don't need to be saved from anything, who's going to rescue me from what's been done to me? And who's going to rescue me from what I did to the people who did those things to me? I think we need to be saved. But most, in, in addition to that, I need to be saved from the consequences of what happens if I make payday with that Jesus. Because there's only two options in eternity, heaven or hell. I know you're not supposed to talk about sin. I've already hit the taboo in church this morning. I know you're not supposed to talk about hell. That's not just a cuss word. I'm not cussing. We don't talk about that anymore in America because that's confrontational. Don't, don't, pastor. Come on. I came for you. I want my ears tickled today. I want you to tell me I'm okay. You're okay. I want you just to say it's all right. You know, I want some of that sloppy agape, pastor. I don't, I don't want the truth. So the human response is, okay, if I need to be saved, what do I need to do? How do I earn this? How do I get in this kingdom? How do I earn it? Well, you'll never be able to earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. That's why the Bible says here, I have to confess that he is God. I have to agree that he is God and I am not. How many heard what I just said? That his word is true and mine words are lower than that. I have to agree you are God. And then I have to believe in my heart. That this same God, what do we read here? What does it say? Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I have to believe that God has enough power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. I have to believe that if he could raise Jesus from death, hell, and the grave, that he can raise me out of the death hold of my sin. And so what must I do to be saved? Acknowledge God is who he says he is. Acknowledge Jesus did what he said he would do and believe that he has enough power to rescue me from everything hell has put on my life. How many are thankful today that you have confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that he has raised him from the grave. Come on, thank, take a minute and thank him for your salvation. Hallelujah. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. What a gift. What a gift. We need to be reminded when we talk about let your kingdom come and let your will be done. That's the kingdom coming. That's how God comes to earth through his son, Jesus Christ, through this amazing gift. You matter so much to God. Your life is so valuable to God. We have to start here to understand how kingdom, God's kingdom is built on this earth. But then I keep saying you can't stop just celebrating that you matter to God. We have to remember that we're chosen. Say chosen chosen to share this good news you know who you and I are we're hope dealers 
<laughs> Not drug dealers. We're hope dealers. We're health dealers. We're life dealers. We, we, are, we are that person. Come on, listen, listen. You're the hero in the story now. You're the hero or the heroine in the story now. You know who we are? We're that person running into a city, dying of a plague with the cure in our hand. We stop the plague in its track. We run into the middle of death with what life is. We carry the cure for a plague that's destroying a city. We're the person running up to the door of a house on fire, knocking on the door saying, get up, get up, get up. Get out, get out, get out, get out. Your house is burning down on your head. That's who you are. You're the hero. You're the heroine. You matter to God. What you do matters to this world. No one can do it like you do it. It's who we are. We matter to God. And what we do matters to God. It's amazing. Look at Matthew 28, verse 18, 19, and 20. Somebody just needs to remind us who we are in this world today. Your identity, your value. See, you, you and I were not only chosen to carry this incredibly good news, I want you to see this. You're commissioned. Someone say commissioned. <laughs> yeah, you're commissioned. Oh, just wait. Before this little short series is over, I'm going to give you several titles you may not know you have. You're commissioned. Matthew 28, all right, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, look at this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Heaven and earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you ready? Men and women of God, here's your commission. Here's the mission, the commission of the church. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look at this. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He commissioned us. He said, this is what you do. This is who you are. The gift you received is too overwhelming to hold into yourself. We're commissioned. There is a a spirit, an antichrist spirit that pervades our culture today that, that will intimidate you to share your faith, that wants you to shut your mouth and be quiet, that wants you to somehow apologize that you believe in Jesus Christ. We don't need to be arrogant, demanding, unkind, judgmental, and critical. How many heard me? Where, how, whatever your age is, if you ever saw Sanford and Son, you don't need to be Aunt Esther. Or maybe we'll up the you know, younger ones. You don't need to be like Saturday Night Live and be the church lady. But we need to be men and women of God commissioned to carry the greatest good news that has ever happened on this planet. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about? Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be intimidated that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never forget that the void he filled in your life, he can do that for every life. We're commissioned. We're on mission. My life has some meaning and identity there. My, what I do matters. So, so I want you to see you're commissioned. 
You're authorized. I did this in prayer Wednesday night, but I want to do it again right now. You're authorized. You're commissioned. Jesus said, I have all authority. That means he's overcome everything the devil's done. Are you with me? Now, the devil still has power, but God has all the authority. We have the authority. All right? So listen, that means there's a new sheriff in town. Come on, come on. See, until Jesus died on a cross and was resurrected, the devil strutted around with the authority he had stolen when Adam sinned. But when Jesus died on the cross and was triumphantly raised from the grave, he made a statement, all authority, what the devil's stolen, I've taken back. Now, we have a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. But he has authorized and commissioned a whole lot of deputies. Would everybody raise their hand right now? Put your hand in the air. I now commission you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, King of kings, Lord of lords, undefeated champion of the universe, that you now carry the name and the authority to represent Jesus on this earth. When you speak, it's like him speaking. When you pray, it's like him praying. When you declare love, his love is released. I authorize you. I deputize you to live the kingdom out on this earth. You are a deputy of the kingdom of God, authorized in Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate. (laughs) Hell just got a headache. But it doesn't stop there. There's more. Go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I'm just laying foundation today. I'm really not even preaching yet. Go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I've got, to, I've got to make sure, I must make sure that we all understand what's going on in this kingdom of heaven on this earth. Acts 1.8. <clears throat> so you're commissioned. But not only are you commissioned and authorized, you're empowered. Oh, I like that. So you not only have the authority, you have the power too to carry out what you've been chosen to do on this planet. Stay with me. Acts 1.8. He says to his disciples... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my what? Witnesses. You'll represent me. You're commissioned. And I'm going to empower you to go along with your commission. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they lived right there. Okay? And in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Go to Acts chapter 2 verse 1. What does that look like? So he said, I'm going to empower you. I'm not only going to commission you. I'm going to empower you. To carry this thing out because what we do matters to this world. So what did that look like? Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on the pastors. Oh! Came to rest on the apostles and the prophets. And the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers, on the bishop and the elder. Come on. I like it. I like it. Each of them, tell somebody again, tell somebody, you matter. See the, the empowerments for you. You matter. Are you with me? Came to rest on each of them. And then look at verse number four. Say it. You see the double emphasis? Each of them, all of them. Each of them, all of them. Each of them, all of them. You have the same, each of them, all of them, of every apostle in that upper room. You listen to me today? You have the same anointing 
of Peter, Paul, James, and John. Come on. My, my. All right. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So not only are you commissioned to carry this out. It's not left up to you. You're empowered to carry it out. But there's even more to this thing. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. Somebody say, I'm commissioned. I'm empowered. Oh, I like this next one. I got to give you one more. So we matter to God, but what we do matters to the world. So God has chosen us to carry this incredible message. We get to pull people out of the burning houses. We get to stop them on their way to the payday of sin. We bring the cure into a dying world. But he commissioned us and empowered us. Come on, but you got to get this right here. Come on, got to get this. So look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. This, this, is, this is fundamental because you matter so much. Verse 18, 1 Corinthians 12. But in fact, God, who's doing this thing? God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them. You follow me this? Every one of them. Just as he wanted them to be. <laughs> all right? If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. That's one of the descriptions of the church. So we just read that we have been commissioned. We have been empowered. Stay with me. And your role in this is uniquely designed by God. There's no one else like you on the planet. You hear me? There's no one else that can do what God created you to do in this plan. You're so, you so matter to God that in your mother's womb, he uniquely fashioned you, designed you, made a plan for you. See, we can't do this without you. God, come on, you, you got to stay with me on this thing. Your role is not a spectator in the body. You're a participator in a body. You are a part of the body. You're a functioning member of the body. You're uniquely designed in the body. See, everybody wants designer stuff today. Come on. You want your... See, see you haven't seen it yet. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The, 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 the young guys on the staff so want me to wear tennis shoes to preach. I don't know why tennis shoes will make me preach better, but if it will, I'll wear them. I don't have them on today, but they bought me some Jordans. Now, you got to be a certain age to know what that means. I, I didn't know they were that expensive, so I'm going to wear them some Sunday to be thankful. But you know, we, we, we're such a designer thing that, that I'm not, see, see I, I don't have any validation. I don't have any importance. I don't have any distinction. I don't have an identity unless I got some designer stuff on me. You know, you're, you're worried about, do you have enough Prada and Gucci and Tory Holt and somebody help me. I don't know much about it. Jordan's on my feet and, 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 and that's enough. You got to have some, you know, you got to have the shoes or your, your kicks got to be right. And your dress got to be right. And your clothes got to be right and and your sunglasses have got to be right and and your car's got to be right but what i need you to understand today that the god who created this universe commissioned you empowered you and designed you uniquely you don't have to have designer stuff you are designer stuff you are the design you carry it with you 
I don't care if you got your shoes from Goodwill because they're your shoes, they're designer shoes. I don't care if you got your shirt out of the garbage can. When you put it on, it became a designer shirt. (laughs) You're designed by God. Uniquely. You matter to God. And what you do matters to God. You know, I want you to understand who you are. You're the spark to the next revival fire God wants to light. Anybody listening to me? Pastor, does it matter if I pray? Does it matter if you pray? You're the spark. What if your prayer was the spark that started the awakening in this nation? That's how big you are. You're the seed of the next harvest that'll sweep through your family. You need to know who you are. You're the link to the chain of grace going from generation to generation. You're the answer to the prayer that somebody was praying way over there. You're the answer to the prayer that Jesus prayed in the upper room in the Last Supper when he said, Father, I pray for those that aren't in this room yet, but who will believe because of their message. Build the church. You're the answer to the prayer Jesus prayed. You're not just a anything. <laughs> You're not only an anything, anything. You're commissioned, empowered, designed to do something that matters in this world today. We have to recognize that. There's nothing that will elevate your concept, your identity, than understanding your role in building the kingdom of God. There's nothing like it in this world. There's no connection, no identity that even remotely approaches it. You matter. What you do is bigger than you. (laughs) You know, truth be told, it may have taken you a while to get here. You may have been through the valley of the shadow of death. You may have worshipped enough false gods. You may have lived for yourself and chased the gold ring and done what you did, but, but you're here now. <laughs> and now you're finding out who you are and why you are and why you're in this thing. See, you, your life has such purpose. It's unbelievable. How does a young man keep himself pure today when he begins to realize, my God, I'm on this earth uniquely designed. My manhood's not validated by how many women I've been with. My joy is not based on the drugs that I've taken. My sense of identity is not with what's broken, but what is whole. My reason to wait as a young woman and not marry the first loser that comes by is because I am designed by the God of this universe. And if nobody's asked me to marry them, then there's been a bunch of stupid people around me who don't know what's in their midst. You don't need stupid people in your life. I know you're not supposed to say that, but the kids are over there. I said it in. You don't need a bunch of dumb people in your life. You don't need to live down. You don't need to be dumbed down. You need to put your head up and walk who you are. 
Somebody told you they'd stay with you to death, do you part, and they walked off from you. It's their loss. You put your hand and your faith in Almighty God and live your commission, anointed, empowered, uniquely designed life. The validation of who you are as an individual is unparalleled when you understand who you are in the kingdom of God. Our identity that people are desperately searching for. You know, you come to him, you begin to build his kingdom. And you know what happens? You have your people. <laughs> you finally got your people. Your people is the family of God. You belong now. You've got a family. You've, you've got people. You have communities. Anybody listening to me? The Bible says he takes those solitary ones and places them in a family. You belong here at Calvary. You have value here at Calvary. We're better because you're here. See, do, do you realize this incredible gathering of people. I want you to think for a minute. I'm almost through. I've got to stop here, but I want you to get this before we, this validation, this acceptance, this identity, this understanding. I matter to God and what I do matters to this world. Do you know uniquely designed? Come on. You got to see this, but we were designed to do it better when we get together. That's what everybody wants in the bottom line. I need a place. I need community. I need a family. I need a home. I, I need to be accepted. Because when every, think of this. Every time we gather. Come on, let me, let me help you before, before we wrap it up today. Every time we gather, it is an absolute tapestry. A beautiful mural of the grace of Almighty God. Come on, we've come from everywhere in society. Isn't it amazing? Look at us in this room today. We are red and yellow, black and white. We are precious in His sight. We are young and we are old. <laughs> We have been through the valley of the shadow of death. We have walked on the highest mountains this earth can give us. We have mourned together, wept together, laughed together, rejoiced together. We've cried when you've cried. We've celebrated when you've been promoted. We are a tapestry that says, I'm a part of something bigger than me. I'm a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing. The diversity. <laughs> That God has put together in this house. And you matter. You matter. Right in the very midst of it. So here's what I want to say. <laughs> Why do we do kingdom builders? Because this world needs a savior. This world needs Jesus. You and I have discovered him. We matter to God. And what we do matters to this world. Over these next few weeks, I'm going to give you an opportunity to prayerfully say, Pastor, th this is amazing, but how do we get the good news out? How do we have two dream centers? How have we built a church on every continent of this globe? Did you hear what I just said? How have we sent missionaries to these far-flung fields? Do you know that over these last four years, this church has not pledged but given over a million dollars to make that happen? Come on. Let's thank God for that today. A million dollars. Not to us. To build a kingdom everywhere it goes. Do you know that through what God has enabled us to do together? Listen to this. The sun never sets on this planet where the gospel is not being preached. We partnered with Convoy of Hope and fed thousands of people. We partnered with Project Rescue and pulling women and children out of human trafficking every day. Do you know because of kingdom builders, while you're sleeping, God's working. 
Do you know that while you're on your job working, the kingdom is stretching and moving? Do you know because we partner together and come to the realization that together we can do something amazing, that amazing things are happening in this world? But I start today because it always goes back to you. It always goes back to the individual. In other words, we don't just send missionaries. We are the missionaries. Did you hear what I just said? Our life is a mission. I want a worship team to come. Look me right in the eyes. Let me tell you a couple of things here. Right now, there are more people on this planet than there's ever been on this planet. Right now, there are more lost people on this planet. Listen to me. Than have ever been on this planet. Right now, in the United States of America, there are more lost people in this nation than there have ever been in the history of America. Do you hear me? We live on a planet with its highest population. We live on a planet with more people going to hell than ever before. We live in a nation with more people going to hell than has ever been before. You know what we have to do? Remember, we matter to God. Remember that what we do matters to this world. Remember that together we can do things that seem impossible because God is with us. We have to remember that we're not sending, just sending missionaries, we're missionaries. We have to remember that my life is on mission. And here's what I would say to end this. Who, you know who you and I are? We're like Esther. We're like Esther, who was an orphan, whose parents had died, who was left alone, but her cousin Mordecai rescued her. And they're in a foreign land in Babylon, and it looks hopeless to be in a foreign land, maybe a foreign culture like we're in, and to be rescued. But what do I do from here? And God sent her a message. Look at this with me in Esther 4 before we stand and pray. I want you to see this. Esther chapter 4. This is what his answer was to her. See, she had been elevated from an orphan to the queen. From the orphan to the queen. Do you know God knows where you are today? Do you know where everybody else says you're an orphan? God already sees you're a queen. Where everybody else says you're a little shepherd boy, sir. God sees King David rattling around inside of you. Watch. Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Are you with me? Well, I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm in the house. Come on. What you do matters to the world. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. You know what he said? God's bigger than you are. And if I don't do what he put me on this earth to do, he'll find somebody to do it. But I want to say this in front of you today. Well, I'm the pastor of this church. No other church will ever have to do what God called us to do. Nobody else will ever have to stand in my place and preach the gospel and tell the truth and lead a church because God put us here at the most pivotal time, listen to me, in the history of mankind. That's not an exaggeration. But you and your father's family prayers, and who knows, come on church, who knows that you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. The King James says, remember we're kingdom builders? Who knows but that you came into the kingdom just for this moment. I believe you and I have been born on this planet for this very moment we're living in. I believe God trusted us with a world, an earth, with more unsaved people than there's ever been. I believe God trusted us to live in the United States of America where there's more pain and confusion than there's ever been because he trusts us to understand we matter to God and what we do matters to the world we're living in. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray together right now.
I'd rather live a life that matters. Come on, anybody with me? Then you just ease through life. Do you know that every detail of your life matters to God? How many believe that? Do you believe He's big enough to take care of you and your family? How many believe that? You believe that He's still Jehovah Jireh, the provider of God? You still believe He's everything He said He was? I believe God knows where you are. I believe God knows who you are. I believe God knows right where we are, sitting in this, standing in this place today. And you know what I believe? I believe God's going to take care of us. Are you with me? I believe God's going to take care of us. So I'm going to stop worrying about taking care of me. Come on. And I'm going to start living for what matters to God. Are you with me today? We've got to, do you know what I found? If I'll give away what I need, it'll come back to me. If I'll be what I'm praying for, it'll happen for me. If I need healing, I need to find somebody sick and pray for them. If I'm lonely, I need to go visit somebody else that's lonely. Do you see what I'm saying? God will take care of us. He's just looking for a place to show up big time. He's just looking for some little orphan girl to make a queen. He's looking for some little shepherd boy to make a king. He's who he says he is. And so today, I'm going to ask you, we're just going to have a short two or three weeks of this series. I'm going to ask you today to to realize, Pastor, I do matter to God. My life is important. I'm not going to waste it. And, And what I do matters to God. Is that fair enough? Those two things. I matter to God. And what I do, what I do, whatever big or small in the eyes of this world, what I do matters to this world I live in. You with me? Those two things I want you to carry. I matter to God. And what I do matters to this world. Your life is extremely important. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.